Yes, people. It is time for Echo Chamber. Right, we got a, a, a new echo chamber for you this week. It's a shorter one, but as always, we start with the UK box office top 10 for the weekend of the 21st to the 23rd of January. So at number 10 this week, it is The Matrix Resurrection from Alana Wachowski. At number nine, it's West Side Story from Steven Spielberg. At number eight, it's Licorice Pizza from Paul Thomas Anderson. Now we got Alana Haim, Cooper Hoffman, Sean Penn, Tom Waits, and a few other people. And we're going to come back to Penn later on in the episode, people. All right. So that means at number seven, all right, we have got the new Disney feature. It's Encanto. So this is written and directed by Jared Bush, Byron Howard, and uh, Carissi Castro-Smith. I believe they've got a number one song as well. You know? So our sixth film this week is The King's Man, which is a prequel from uh, Matthew Vaughan. All right? Written by Vaughan and Kyle uh, Gaddazik. All right? So Jim Apperton. Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Matthew Good, Ray Fiennes, Daniel Bruce, Stanley Tucci, Charles Dance. It's a good cast, man. So, at number five is Clifford the Big Red Dog from Walt Beaker. You know, an adaptation of that Nickelodeon cartoon. Um... Our number four film this week is the new one from Galmaro del Toro, um, who wrote it along with Kim Morgan and William Lindsay Gresham. It's Nightmare Alley, starring Bradley Cooper, Kate Blanchett, Tony Collette, William Dafoe, Richard Jenkins. Rooney Mara, Ron Perlman. It's a good cast, man. At number three, it is the new iteration of Scream. So this is from Matt Bethanel Orlin and Tyler Gillette. Starring Nev Campbell, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, Marley Shelton. You know what I mean? The crew is back. Our number two film, we spoke about it during the last London Film Festival. It's a new Kenneth Kenneth Branagh joint. It's Belfast, starring Jude Hill, Louis McCaskey, uh, Katrina Balfe, Jamie Dorman, Judi Dench, Kerian Hines, you know, which means, people, our number one film, again, yo, Spider-Man using that webbing to cling on, 
Hey, Spider-Man No Way Home. You know what I mean? From John Watts. Um, you know, starring Tom Holland, Zeander. Uh, we've got Marissa Tomei, John Favreau, J.K. Simmons, William Dafoe, Benedict Cumberbunch. You know what I mean? Benedict Wong. Hey, we've got a fat-ass cast, people. So, um, yeah, we just got a couple of films this week. But before we get to those, there's something that horror fans will want to know. So let's get to that. Okay, so horror fans, it is that time of year again. That is right. The 2022 edition of Final Girls Festival is fast approaching. So from the 3rd to the 6th of February, those in Berlin, you can go to the Kino City Wedding Venue. Right, but it's also going to be um virtual as well. Right, so I think all the films are geo locked to Germany, but I think the shorts, I think the shorts you can watch all over the joint. Right, so what is Final Girls Berlin? You may ask. Well. It's a film festival that showcases horror cinema that's directed, written, or produced by women and non-binary filmmakers. They are committed to creating space for female voices and visions, whether monstrous, heroic, or some messy combination of the two in the horror genre. They've um, seen more than enough representations of women as beautified victims and constructions of male fantasies or anxieties, and are working towards the primacy of women as subjects and storytellers in horror. The final girl horror trope refers to the last woman standing in a horror film who manages to escape or defeat the film's villain monster. You know, we've seen it in Alien, Halloween, Scream, you know, those sort of things, right? While Final Girl is an ambivalently feminist figure in film criticism, often desexualized and tainted with the male director's moralization and punishment of other female characters behavior the festival utilizes this figure as a starting point for carving out space for new and undiscovered positions of power for women in horror not only in front of but also behind the camera so yeah there you go right now what is showing? Well, the festival always has a slew of um, films and shorts, right? So the um, the shorts schedule that will be happening uh, this festival 
are um are these right so you have got uh social ills right that shorts will be playing on thursday the 3rd of february uh, along with raf and medical horror on friday the 4th we get envy um queen oh then on saturday the 5th is queer horror midnight and sunday the 6th of february is a gluttony menacing presences uh in those blocks right so social ills you get the goldfish directed by ashley page brim she whistles Directed by Fereza Kufard. Smile. Directed by Joanna Tazinia. Dedication. From Selena Sorderman. The Expected. From Carolina Sardvik. And a beta male. From Marianne Chase. In Raf, You have a Dana. From Lucia Forma Sagara, uh, Menaka from Lilith Halla, Mascara from Marie Sonnet, Medical Horror brings us Occupation Hazard from Ursula Ellis, Freya from Camille Hollet French, They Called Me David from Lindsay Hallam. Hysteria from Jenna Payne, The Living from Cleo Handler. Then on Friday the 4th, Envy, there is Red is the Color of Beauty from Beck Kidbis. Inch Thick Knee Deep from Anastasia Blakey. Hanya from Eva Monez. Sister from Michaela Bruce, Girls Night In from Alison Roberts, uh, The Murderers, Murderers Prefer Blondes from uh, Mika Bar on Nesha and Mary Neely. Uh, so there's also Queer Horror, right? On Saturday the 5th, we get Gay Teen Werewolf. From Andy Rose Fiddleton, Itch from Savannah Fagoria, Protection Spell from Marin Moreno, Sundown Town from Milo Butler, The Cost of Living from Alice Truman, New Flesh from Old Ceremony from Elizabeth Rakakina. Mm. Monster Dyke from Kea Adeya and Meryl Shamil. Um, also, there is Midnight, and we in that block we have Verified from Ali Chappelle, Arm from Jill Worsley, It Came from the Kitchen from Jessica Salgado. 
Young Forever from Stevie Sisdrip. Victim number six from Nancy Minaj. Posted No Hunting from Elisa Stern. Crafty Witch from Laura Beth Cowley. Death Valley from Grace Sloan. Visitors from Kenishi Ugana. Then Sunday the 6th, in Gluttony, we have a Ghoul Log from Christine Pfizer. Three Ways to Dine from Alison Percy. Demon Juice from Shannon Brown. A binge and Purgatory from Rebecca Kazuk. Misophenia from Juliana Robinson and Such Small Hands from Maria Martinez Bazuna. And in the last block, Menacing Presence, we get Inheritance from Annelise Lockhart, Housekeeping from Kyle Dunbar, Sudden Light from Sophie Lippmann, and Cold from Josephine Darcy Hopkins. So we also get some feature films. All right. So um, on Friday, we have Hellbender uh, from Toby Poser, Zelda Adams, and John Adams. We also have Here Before. From Stacy Gregg um, on uh, Sunday, you get Good Madam from Jenna Katu Bass. Uh, this is in Zusha and English with English subtitles, and there's also Knocking which is from Frida Kempf. So, people, as you can see, uh, there's a lot. Oh, Saturday. I mean, Saturday's film. Apologies, people. Um, yeah, on Saturday, there is You Are Not My Mother from Kate Dolan. Uh, and I miss Thursday. I'm all over the place. Uh, we got We're All Going to the World's Fair from Jane uh, Schumbrum. So, uh, yeah, as said, people, if you are a horror fan, there is a lot to get excited about in the upcoming Final Girls of Berlin Film Festival. So mark off those days. The 3rd to the 6th of February. Fast approaching, people. So, go check out the um, the website. It's in the episode details. You know what I mean? Check out. Mark down those films you want to see. And then you can sit back and get ready for the shivers, the bumps, the gores, all that fun horror brings to you so people final goals berlin film festival it's coming 
Okay, people, let's get into our first film. It is called Timer. Okay, people, so here's the thing. I just watched this film, which has just hit Prime. Okay, just hit Prime in the UK. And Prime is a weird fucking thing. Because there are times when it will say something is new, right? When you look and it's like release date, 2022. But when you look into it, you then find that is not new, (laughs) right? And yeah, so I watched this film because it said it was this year. It was new. I'm now found out it is not new at all. But it is interesting, right? Because it shows what someone has come from, right? So, yeah, the film is Timer. And the thing is, I don't know, man, for the life of me, I also, oh, I will say as well, it also said it's a horror. It's not, this is no way a horror film. (laughs) Like, I'm just like, it's a horror in some of the storytelling, but it's not a horror. (laughs) But, for the life of me, I, I thought that I had tried to watch this. Uh, I think it was Fantasia last year or Final Girls, but I wasn't able to watch it. So I was like, oh, shit. Yeah. Let me watch this film. No, I've got it completely mixed with something else. Right. But it is directed and written by Jack Schaefer. Now, when I say it's interesting to see where someone, because she went from doing this, this is a debut film, right? And then, you know, last year she did WandaVision. <laughs> WandaVision, she co-wrote Black Widow. You know what I mean? So it's just like, oh, shit. <laughs> you know I mean? she, she's now killing it with the writing. But this... Woo, this one, not so good. So she produced it along with Jennifer Glynn and Ricky Jarrett, um, Harris Charalambus handled the cinematography, Peter Sanit did the editing, Andrew Kayser handled the music, um, our cast... Right, we've got sisters Honor O'Leary, played by Emma Chawfield Ford. Um, she's got a, a sister called Steph, who is played by Michelle Borf, but it's Steph Dupuel. Um same mums, different dads. So their mum is Marion, played by Joe Beth Williams. Right. Um, they've got a brother called Jesse, played by Hayden McFarland. Um, yeah, their dad is Paul, played by Tom Irvin. Um and you have uh, Anya's dad is Dan, who is uh, who plays Dan again? Um, Desmond Harrington. 
All right, so uh, who else is there? There is Mikey. Yes, Mikey Evers, who is played by John Patrick Amadori. All right, um, we have Priscilla, played by J.J. Ellis, Cindy, Christine uh, Jacqueline, Tammy Colette Lee, Eric is Forrest Erickson. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's the main ones. You've got Patty, played by Callie Rocher. Right. And the gist of the story is this. When implanted in a person's wrist, a timer counts down to the day the wearer finds true love. But Anya O'Leary faces the rare dilemma of a blank timer. Which isn't as rare, because we then find out in the film that her sister, Steph, has the same thing. Right? So it's, you know, it's played like it's only Anya, but then they kind of be like, oh yeah, Steph's got the same thing. <laughs> Which they don't really say until near the end. Um, her soulmate, whoever and wherever he is, has yet to have a timer implanted. Uh, staring down the barrel of 30 and tired of waiting for her would-be life partner to get off the dime, Anya breaks her own rules and falls for Mikey, a charming and inappropriately young supermarket clerk with a countdown of four months on his timer. So, yes, that's the gist. It's a bit like um, Kill the DJ. Remember that Black Mirror episode, which, oh, it's one of my favorite Black Mirrors. It is so fucking good. But I kind of feel that is played, it's a lot darker, right? And it's a bit more realistic to what this is. Because, I mean, the thing with Timer, it's a little predictable, right? Because you have, you know, there's, I think the thing with, you know, Kill the DJ is, um, you know, you, you had some people, right, because it was about your time with someone, right? So sometimes it's like a day, a week, a month, but you never knew. Right. So you wore these things and then, you know, your wristband would then go off. Right. It, it tells you like I think you can check it and it will tell you. But I think the thing the thing was, if you checked it, it could change the time. Right. So with this, you know, right, it's saying this is when you will meet the person of your dreams. Right. So. And you, you're meant to, I think you get them when you're young, right? It's saying when you turn 16, 17, that's when you can get these things implanted. So you know from the giddy up, all right, so I'm going to meet the love of my life on this day, you know? Uh, so that's the gist, right? But yeah, with Hate and Kill the DJ, people are just like, all right, well, then we just do our thing. I mean, we live life, right? So we enjoy this time we have. 
And as you saw with that, you could see that at the beginning, people are just like, oh, but then it can wear you down for sure. But you live that life, right? But in this, it's just like, well, I'm going to, even if it's like, oh, you're going to meet your person in five years time. So that means you don't date, you don't do anything until, because it, it, it's not like every day you go in going, right, this is going to be the person. No. Now, it's not saying that you, you go out there and it's just like, well, I'm just going to fuck everyone and, and do, no. Now, listen, some people want to do one I sense all power to you, you know what I mean? But it's like, that doesn't have to be what dating is, right? You can be like, all right, let's see how this goes. Let, you know, let's see if we can build something. And if you're, you know, suppose you're meeting someone in five years, you don't know what that person, you don't know if you're going to have the same beliefs and moral infrastructure as that person, right? It's saying that you will meet this person on this day doesn't say you're gonna be overly compatible i think there was that um i think it's soulmates on amazon right which looked at that thing right so you had people meet their soulmates but sometimes it's just like i mean uh, yeah okay and you saw people get together uh, thinking i don't know if we're overly compatible but we're meant to be so all right let's do it you know, and, and you think, yeah, he didn't explore it, right? Her sister was dating because, she, as I said, she didn't have a timer. She didn't have a date on her timer. So she was just dating. And it was like, oh, I can't believe you're doing that. Oh. And it's just like, what? But it, to have a different point of view, you were kind of crazy in this film. Which, that is the weird thing, right? It, it's whole depiction of relationships and everything, you know? Because the, the whole, right, so Mikey, the age of Mikey and the age of Anya, it's not overly crazy when you think, but she's 29 in the film, right? So it's not the, the craziest age gap. I mean, there is a gap, but there are worse gaps. But it's also a bit like, all right, fine, meet someone your own age, which you could do, but you're choosing not to, right? That's the thing. You're making these choices, but then going, oh, everything is against me. And you're like, no, these are your choices. Like, these are the things you've decided to do. Now, they add in these plot twists, but every plot twist, you can see where that's leading you. You can see, like, the, the, the brother getting his timer, right? As soon as that happens, you know what's gonna, where it's going to lead, right? And it leads you to this thing, and it's just a bit like, oh, no, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing? It's so... Ooh. It's so ridiculous, right? It's so ridiculous. You know, the, like the characters aren't really fleshed out. Because it does that thing where you have, because 
you know, and it's like there's like Stefan on your best friends, they're sisters, they live together, they tell each other everything. But then you get those bits where suddenly things change and they start not telling the truth to each other. And it's a bit like there's no real reason why you wouldn't. Right, they they try and make up these weird reasons why it's just like, oh no, everything's a secret now. You'd be like, uh, why? <laughs> why the fuck would that be a secret? Like, it don't make any sense here. What are we doing? You know what I mean? It's weird. It is a very odd film. Right? It's I I wouldn't say it's horrible acting or anything like that. It's just the story is really simplistic. You know, I mean, it's not a true depiction of, you know, relationships. And again, we have that thing at the end, right, where the conclusion is, ah, oh, I'm doing this thing. And the thing that gets done, you're like, all right, literally five minutes before you did this thing. Oh, five minutes before you did this thing. You were saying the complete opposite. But then all of a sudden you're like, oh, no, my world has completely drastically changed. And now this is my viewpoint. And you're like, what? <laughs> That's ridiculous. It is ridiculous. Because it's like, what was the thing that gave you that? Because... Nothing has changed, right? Everything is still the same as it was five minutes ago. But, boom, reality has struck. And, ah, I'm going to live my life like this. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, what the fuck are you doing? It's crazy. There's another thing that she does when it's just like, wait, you didn't listen to it. Why would you pass something on without listening to it? Now, you, it doesn't mean you have to like it, but you you give you would give your point of view. Like I I listened to it; it was great. Or it's not my kind of thing, but it's a bit similar to blah blah blah, and they're huge. So it seems like the thing you might want to like. You think there would be that, but yeah. It, it's weird, man. Like this whole Mikey situation. Because he's an idiot. <laughs> you know, he's an idiot. But it's like, ah, oh, I'm suddenly falling in love with him. And you're just like, oh, why? Like, what was the thing that changed your mind? It, it, there's nothing, right? It's all, it's a puddle, right? You want an ocean. And what you get is a puddle. That's what timer is. It's not the worst thing I've ever seen, but it's not my kind of thing. Right? It is not the rich story I go for. But as I said, right, so that's the that's the crazy thing about it all. Because when you see what Schaefer has gone on to do, you're like, huh. <laughs> okay, you know what I mean? Now you're kicking ass, but yeah, your films kind of suck, but yeah, like she also um, 
you know, she wrote Captain Marvel, right? So she's written like these big things. She wrote a Frozen spin-off. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's like, yeah, she, she can write. You know, she can do good shit. She can do good shit. So it's kind of funny that she went from this meh film. Like she gave up directing, it looks like, which that's fair. The direction, like again, it's not the worst thing, but it's not groundbreaking. Right? There's nothing that you'd be like, oh my god, this was like, whoa. No. But yeah, the writing, whew, writing, uh, yeah, she's become very good at a writer. There is no doubt. No doubt about that. You know, she also showrun WandaVision, which is pretty huge. So, yeah, if, if you're kind of curious to see where she started to, to, to uh, you know, as a juxtaposition to where she is now, then boom, check out Timer. But, uh, yeah, if you loved Kill the DJ, it's not that. <laughs> You know what I mean? It's, it's nowhere close to kill the DJ people. So, uh, yeah. But timer, it is now on Prime Video. Okay, people. And we're going to finish off with um a new Sean Penn joint. That's right, people. It is flat. Okay, so, people. This week, I checked out a, a, a new indie called Flag Day, right, and what intrigued me, I remember when, the, you know, when this got, all got sent through, right, I, I saw it's a film directed by Sean Penn, and uh, Penn is one of them dudes that he, he's been in so many weighty films, right, he's acted uh, and just given us these great performances, and he's directed stuff, you know, which has been interesting, but it's like, uh, you know, what I mean, how is this one gonna be, right? When you look at all the things he's done, okay, how will this compare? But then the time I got round to watching it, I will say I forgot it was, <laughs> you know, what I mean, directed by Sean Penn. So I what you watch it and it's just like, oh. God damn, this is, you know what I mean, this is a, a heavy film. And then you realize, oh, yeah, it's Sean Penn. <laughs> of course, right? Of course it is. You know what I mean? It, it, it all makes sense, right? It all makes sense. And, yeah, it, it's very interesting. It's an interesting film, right? So Penn directs. It is written by Jez and John Henry Butterworth. It is produced by William Horberg, John Click, and Fernando Solchin. Uh, executive produced by Maximilian... Averales, Laurent Koppelkin, Phyllis Lang, Devon Towers, Forston Schumacher, Vincent Marvel, Sidney Kimmel, 
Alan Liu, Peter Touche, Christelle Corrin, Vashili Mystery, and John Wildemoff. The director of photography is Danny Muda. Production design was Craig Sandels. It's edited by Vadilis Uskar Dutier and Michelle Tissero. Music is handled by Joseph Vitelli. Uh, we've got the music supervisor is Tracy McKnight. Uh, we have original songs from Cat Power, Galen Hansard, and Eddie Vader. Uh, costume design is Patty Henderson. All right. Then our cast. Man, our cast. So, Sean Penn, he plays John Vogel, right? The father of Jennifer Vogel, right? Who now the we we get a few iterations of Jennifer. So as a six-year-old, she is played by Addison Tymock. Um as 11 to 13 year old, she's played by Jaden Riley. And as an adult, she is played by none other than Sean's actual daughter, Dylan Penn. Um, yeah, John um, also has a son, Nick. So four year old Nick is played by Cole Flynn. Nine to 11-year-old Nick is played by Beckham Crawford. And like with the older Jennifer, the older Nick is played by Sean's actual son, Hopper Penn. Uh, his wife is... Um... Oh, gosh, you played his wife again. Uh, God damn it. His wife is played by. Um, oh, fucking hell. I had that information. Oh, dear, I did. Ah, Patty. Patty Vogel is played by Catherine Winnick. All right. And um, yeah, uh, that doesn't last. And he's, you know, his girlfriend later on in the film is um, Betty. Betty? Yeah, I think Betty is correct. Hmm. Debbie, even. <laughs> it's Debbie. And uh, she's played by Bailey Noble. Uh, they've got an uncle, you know, the kids have got an uncle, Beck, who is played by Josh Brolin. Um, yeah, that, that's our main kind of crew. There is a U.S. Marshal, Blake, who is played another by Regina King, who, man, I, I was looking, I was thinking, a bit like Brolin. I was like, oh, who the hell? I, I recognize them. Who is that person? Damn. Uh, their grandma, Margaret, is played by Dale Dickey. Um, yeah. 
yeah, as I said, I, I think you know there there are a lot of the main people. There's you know the Doctor Halstead, who's played by Nigel Fisher. He's the university admissions person who we see Jennifer speak with. Um, Eddie Marson is Mr. Emmanuel in the film. Um, but yeah, the, the, the gist of it, right, is um, Jennifer Vogel's father, John, was larger than life. As a child, Jennifer marveled at his magnetizing energy and ability to make life feel like a grand adventure. He taught her so much about love and joy. <clears throat> oh, my goodness. Sorry, people's um, allergies. But he also happened to be one of the most notorious counterfeiter in U.S. history. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's the crazy thing, you know. Um, and all of this is actually based on a book, right? An autobiography that um, Jennifer Vogel actually wrote, right? Uh, which is called um, Flim, Flim Flam Man, A True Family History. And I think, you know, flim, that makes a lot of sense, right? Flim Flam Man. And Flag Day, you do kind of wonder the relevance, but and the big thing about Flag Day is we, we see that as a part of the film, right? Big parades, you know, and John driving a car with the kids in the back and everyone waving, going down a procession. And he always celebrated, you know, Flag Day made it a big, as I said, you know, it's always about adventure. And he made that a big part of it, like, Party, joyful, happiness. All right, so in that respect, you then realize, oh, actually, yeah, Flag Day isn't a bad name, right? It kind of sums it up. And what really does, I think, sum up everything is something that's said at the end of the film, right? So Jennifer kind of narrates over the, the closing scenes and she's like um her dad was always on the search for true freedom right true freedom and happiness and in essence he was kind of freer than a lot of free people you know and then in the end he kind of truly became free which I mean, that's all a little dark, but in him becoming free, it set her free, which you'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, that really does make so much sense in, you know, what we see, every, you know, everything that happens. So the film starts off with, you know, Jennifer sitting there and being told Right, handed over, you know, this money and being told, yeah, your dad, like, we found these notes in the car, right? He's, he's been counterfeiting. He's been passing this money 
around here. And they say a sum. She's like, that much? He's like, oh, he was sitting on more, right? That, that's just what went into local society. He's been sitting on so much more. And you're like, oh, shit. So we have this, this realization of everything. And you just see the, I think the strain, right? We see the strain on Jennifer. And then, you know, we jump back in time. We jump back in time and we see the kids and everything like that. And, you know, it, it, it's just that talk of, yeah, this was li what life was. You know, and dad was always the fun person, but getting into trouble, getting into debt, right? It's talking about how he bought a farm, bought a farm, but he didn't really have the money to do it up. So it's all on, you know, favors, goodwill and loans for what happens when those run out. So he was disappearing. Right, because it's just like you know, I got debts, I can't be around, so I'm going. So then you just saw the mum, right, have to kind of pick things up, and it's like when you've got that fun parent, and then you've got that parent who's a bit more. Look, you got to do your homework. You got to do this, right? So that was Paddy. But with that, it, it's just like there's other shit, right? We saw this other shit. So you saw the kids having fun, these adventures, but then you saw like the darker side of things. So eventually, you know, Patty leaves, gets married. But the new dude, we see some shit go down. Right, we see some shit go down, which pushes Jennifer out on her own, and it, it's like, I mean, there's a scene that you see, and from that scene, you'd be like, "Oh no, oh, there's some shit here that is not good. That is not good," and you're just like, "How long though?" Right? Is it just about to, or is, has it been going down? Like, what's the thing? And you'd be, and you're just filled with dread. It's just that, ugh, that cloying thought of the horrendous things that must be happening here. Right? And there's a lot of that in this film, right? You, you see these happy moments, but you also see these horrible situations. Like these predicaments, these things. So you're just like, oh, this is not a good road, man. This is not a good road, you know? And, you know, the, like the, the, the thing that happens, we, we see it kind of go down. But then it's, how's the mum going to cope with this, right? And I think we've seen it countless times, right? The mum's in denial trying to protect her feel of happiness, right? But doing that, you then ostracize yourself. And so Jennifer's out on her own and we see her do these things. 
but eventually she finds her way back to John. And I think what we see, right? So I think in this film, right, in the whole conversation, in the press notes, right, in the talking about it all, right, they, um, you know, Sean Penn says, the bonds of love can be present. They can be extraordinarily strong and real and totally corrupt at the same time. You know, and I, I think we definitely see that. You know, we definitely see that in this film. That it's it's this story of the search for happiness, right? The search for acceptance. You know, and, and trying to find that love. Right? Because as you get older, and it, another thing, right, because they say that I think it, there's something in this film that you will watch and people can relate to, even though you might not have been in so many dark places, but everyone, there's dysfunction in everyone's situation, right? And, um, yeah. Right, even though she, you know, you get older and you realize, oh, that's why my dad was disappearing. Right, that's why this. Right, that's why that. And those things, you know, that realization, but you want to think that he did love me though, right? You know what I mean? He was skipping out. He was doing these things. He was getting into trouble. But it wasn't to get away from me, right? It wasn't to get away from me and my brother. It, like, he loved us, right? Surely, that's the thing. And you, you see that hunt, right? That hunt for that acceptance. There's, you know, when she goes, like, there's conversations that they have. It's just like, listen. I'm going to tell you all the things that have happened in my life. They're not great. I understand, right? I I, I, I was a little reckless in some of the things I'm doing, but I want to be better. So I've told you mine. Now, please be honest with me. Tell me your shit, right? So th there's these frank conversations where you think, oh, man, that's, that's pretty brave, right? But also you think, man... I get it, I understand, because you, you want to get someone who could be like, ah, I've done all these things, I can't, I want to tell that stuff, but unless you're being open, how can you ever fix it? So, you know, you think, all right, I get it, I understand this, but it's like, can it all be truthful, right? Can it all be truthful? And that's what we see in Flag Day, right? This search for redemption. Because even though John is a bit of a scumbag, man, he, he's a, I don't know, he's a scallywag, right? He really is. But you definitely see that he does love his kids, you know? We definitely see that. 
but there's something in him that that hunt for the American dream, that belief that hey, I'm not getting a fair shake, right? I should get this. I should have this. You know, not quite allowing yourself to be happy with the things you have. Because, you know, he had a wife, he had two kids. He has a job, but it's just like, that's not enough. I I should have more, right? I want to live in this place. I want to do this. I want to do that. The only way you can do that is by... You know, if you if you're not going to try and change your situation in one way, it's crime. Right. So we see him trying to be straight, but that law of I want this, right? The only way to do this is by doing crime. So when we see him doing that, but we, we see him try to impress Jennifer, right, try and be like, I can give you more, I can do this for you, I can do that for you, and we see all of this, and you do believe the sincerity of these moments, but, I mean, it doesn't last, right, it doesn't last, and I think in these portrayals of these characters we get some great performances I listen there is that nepotism that we see in Hollywood you know having family members in roles and sometimes you'd be like were they really the best person for that you know I, I feel we could have got someone better and listen there are many fantastic actresses who I'm sure would have done a great job with Jennifer but Dylan does do a fantastic job, right? It, you don't watch it and be like, ah, the, you know, I mean, it didn't really hit this, or I, uh, you know, the, the portrayal of these emotions aren't really done that well. No, Dylan does an incredible job of conveying this hurt, right? This pain, this desire for more. You know, this this hunt to better herself, right? And even in the moments where she's being reckless, right? You do kind of see that, you know, yeah, I know this isn't good, right? I, yeah, I'm pretending I'm having a good time, but I'm not really having a good time, right? And, and we see all of that it is handled very well. The way Penn shoots it, Right, using you know darkness and shadow and you know, just the, the way the light is on people and all of that, it's done very well. It really is. Like it's not one of those films that I think you're gonna have on rotation because it's just it is kind of miserable, right? And miserable in the respect of you know the only way out of this story. Right, these stories never end well, never end well, right? And you see that destructiveness. And yeah, I think if you've experienced any modicum of that in your life, it does bring it back, right? 
but it is a very well put together film. I we don't really get much of Nick as the film goes on, right? And you do wonder about Nick because also we don't really see is Jennifer keeping in contact with him? You know, what's that situation? Right? So I think there is things you think, ah, it'd be good to see more of Nick, right? It would be good to see how this unfolds, how this transpires, you know, what that situation is. But what we do get, it is very compelling. It is very heart-wrenching. And as I said, look, it's a heavy fucking film, people. It really is. But, um, yeah, you can see it in the cinema or on your favorite VOD, right? Um, yeah, because Old Flag Day, it is out. It, well, it comes, it drops on the 28th, right? So, um, yeah. People, 28th of January. Check out Flag Day. I, I, I think if you like these kind of, it's like a, 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 a it's that film, it had Tom Cruise, in it, um, Born on the 4th of July. Was it Born on the 4th of July? Uh, I think I butchered that name. But you know what I mean? It, it's one of those type of films. It's just like... It's not essentially happy, but it, it has these messages in it. It has this thing in it, right? Which you just be like, oh, yeah, I understand that. I relate to that. I can see the hurt. I can see the pain, right? I can see the quest for more. That's what Flag Day is, people. So, you know, if you like Sean Penn and you like those sort of stories, then you know, you will go for that, but you will stay for some of these magnificent performances, you know, and songs, right? It's the songs that are in, they do kind of are there to show the mood of a scene, but it also fits the tone of this time period. You know, they, they definitely do that. So it's not as, it's not just a mood, like, feel sad now, this is a sad mood, no, 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 it, it is, this is the theme for this portion of this film, right, this, this portion is dark, or this portion is happier, right, and the songs do do a good job of doing that, so, yeah, no, I was fine with it, it works, it works, people, so, yeah, Flag Day, cinema, or at home, but it is, I'd say it's worth watching. Okay, people. So we draw to a close on another episode. And uh, as before we do, let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of film. Okay, so it would seem that uh, The Rock is making a holiday film, a festive one. Now, we, I think The Tooth Fairy was an Easter film. Was that an Easter film? Uh, it was something, right? I swear we've seen The Rock in a, a Christmas one. Where we played an elf, right? But, yeah, 
he's doing another one. This is at Amazon, right? And um, Chris Evans is on board to co-star, right? Um, the film is going to be called Red One. Story details are under wraps, but they're saying it's globe trotting four quadrant action. Um, now, Hiriam Garcia created the original story. Uh, Jake Castan is directing, and Chris Morgan is uh, doing the screenplay. All right, uh, so you've then got you know Johnson, Morgan, Garcia, Castan, Danny Garcia, and Melvin Marr. Um, oh, along with Sky Salim Robinson producing the film. So, uh, yeah, you have that one, people, to look forward to. Uh, we're getting a new heist feature. It's going to be called Cut and Run. And it's, uh, yeah, coming with a Jake Gyllenhaal attached to star and producing. Right, it is um, being written by John Glenn. Um, we've got Gyllenhaal, Glenn, Brian Oliver, and Bradley Fisher producing, um, and Michael Bay. Uh, no, Michael Bay isn't directing it. I don't think we got a director on board. Right, the, the gist of the story is this though a group of thieves who use high powered speedboats to rob super yachts, they soon steal the wrong thing from the wrong group of people. Ba -ba -ba -bum. <laughs> so, yes, now well, you know, the last year we had the rock and Vin Diesel going back and forth about Fast and the Furious 10. Diesel wanting The Rock to be in it, but The Rock pretty early was like, I'm not coming back to the main franchise, right? So who would they get? Who would they get to kind of fill The Rock's shoes? Looks like Jason Momoa might be that person. He has joined on board. Um, we don't really know. He might be playing the big bad. Who knows? But he's going to be in, uh, yeah, the Fast and the Furious franchise, it would seem. Um, also, people, um, Mortal Kombat, right? A, film, a new film dropped last year. And, um, yeah, it seems to have done well. Seems to have done well. Well enough for a sequel to be green lit. Yes. So, um, Jeremy Slate, he's on board to write the script, you know? Um, so, yeah. I, all, all those things that maybe you thought the first film didn't have, hey, they could be saving it for this one, man. Who knows, right? Um, so, we got some Netflix news for you, right? Murder Mystery, starring uh, Adam Sandler and Jennifer Anston, was a big hit for the, you know, the, the platform in 2019. 
and it looks like we are getting a sequel which is uh being called murder mystery 2. <laughs> but uh, along with um anston and sandler right we've got um uh, new members joining the cast right which uh you know could be interesting mark strong melanie laurent jody turner smith tony goldwyn annie uh, mamalu uh verma enrique arce and uh, zorin villeneuve yeah they're all uh, joining the mad cap adventures uh Along and we're also getting Adil Akar and John Canny returning. So um yeah, Jeremy Garlic is gonna be directing, and James Vanderbilt is uh, handling the script. Also, right, so Netflix, you know, they've got the He-Man cartoons, but They've also got the live action film. Yes, Masters of the Universe, right? Um, it was originally at Sony, but you know, we saw things shift a lot during the pandemic. So um, yes, Netflix will now have it, which makes sense. They've got the cartoons, right? Now, originally. We had Noah Centineo um, attached to play um, Adam, right, a.k.a. He-Man, but that has all changed, right? So now we will get Kyle Allen to, uh, you know, play this you know, beloved role, right? Oh, no, I've, I, I've not seen West Side Story yet, so... I don't know if Alan fits, but that's what's happening, people. That is what is happening. So, um, yeah, you know, we're getting it um, directed by Denis Brothers with um, David Callaham writing the script. So, um, yeah, we'll see if it lives up to the expectations. Finally, at Netflix, they have just grabbed a new Lee Daniels joint, right? And it's about exorcism. Oh, yes. Supposedly, it was a hot property as well, right? It's going to be starring Andra Day, Octavia Spencer, Glenn Close, Rob Morgan, Caleb McLaughlin, and Anguian Ellis. Right, uh, so we have a mother of an Indiana family whose children purportedly become demonically possessed. That's the story, right? And it's based on um, a real-life account um, of Latoya Ammermans and her family. So, uh, yeah, if exorcism craziness, you know, the conjuring, Amityville, if that's your bag, 
then this very well could be for you, people. And let's end on this, right? So um, there's a new film coming from Paramount Pictures. It's called Imaginary Friends, right? It's being written, directed, produced by um, John Kronansky. John Kronansky? You know, my man from the office, you know, in the quiet place and all of that, away we go, which I love. Um, Yeah, he's also going to star in the film along with Ryan Reynolds, um, Steve Carell, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, Fiona Shaw, Alan Kim, Kaylee Fleming, and Louise Gossett Jr. Right, so um, the film um, is about a man who can see and talk to people's imaginary friends, befriending those discarded or forgotten. However, some have turned to the dark side, and it's up to the man to save the world from them. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. It could be fun. It could be fun. It's set to be released on the 17th of November 2023. So, um, yeah, there we go, people. There we go. All right, we are done for another episode, but we'll be back next week and we will be back with our final girls 2022 coverage so if you're a horror fan people you want to be down for that so yeah until then